right, we're now we're now recording. I'll cut this. Um, welcome to episode seven. Is it seven or eight now of uh, the Terra End Bar? We're um, just just doing a, a quick quick record, a quick special. Um, there's a bit of suggestion, sorry, that we don't start saying episode seven or eight. Just say welcome to the next episode because we're going to forget at some point, aren't we? New episode, same old shit from Andy. We're um, <laughs> we're recording this for two reasons. Firstly, um, obviously Ben Garner was sacked by Bristol Rovers on on Saturday, and um, everyone else, every other fucker, seems to have been putting their opinion out about it. So we thought we'd do the same. Um, um, as Bristol Rovers have had a big restructure and a reshuffle, so have we. Uh, we've managed to recruit Weston's most bang average. Um, what is it you do? Some kind of apprentice for dry lining or something, isn't it? Dry lining apprentice. Yeah, yeah it uh, is. In, in Charlie Gibson. So welcome on board, Charlie. Welcome to the Terra M Bar. Thank you very much. Is he, is he old enough to come in the Terra M Bar? Yeah, you, you can only come in the Terra M Bar if you're buying a meal. Has he got any ID? <laughs> so who are you, Charlie, to the listeners? Who are you? What do you do? What's your uh, favourite sport, etc.? Uh, well, been a Rufus fan for a few years now. Um, well, like football, cricket, and darts. Not a fan of speedway. And um, well, yeah, I support Rovers for years. I'm anti Ben Garner, so Busney's gone. Ah, uh, well, as long as Luke Luke goes with him, I'm happy. <laughs> well, the Rovers slander started already, but um, but yeah. So welcome aboard, Charlie. We'll start with um with, with Ollie's thoughts on on Garner being fired. Um, and then we'll work through everyone else's in succession. So, like Ollie, what was your what was your instant reaction to to, to Garner being being dismissed by Rovers? I was really surprised with the timing of it. wasn't expecting it on Saturday evening. However, results just haven't been good enough, have they? I do think he will leave a positive legacy on Rovers long term. He's oversaw some big infrastructure projects, like the training ground, things like that. I think actually. Definitely not on the, uh, off the field. Uh, definitely not on the field, sorry, but off the field. I think Rovers are in a better place now than when he took over. You can question about how much that is down to him, but that is we. That is just the facts, really. They are uh, Rovers are in a better position than they were when he took over. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we've got some. Obviously, the backroom staff is is a lot stronger, isn't it? The the analysts, the uh, the nutritionists, etc., that have come in. Um, there's a. I don't know if the if the coaching staff is stronger and better, but um, there's certainly more of them, um, which 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 may or may not be a bad thing. I, I think on the pitch, I think it's going to be a little bit remembered by like um, who was your man who got fought? Ian Atkins. I think they'll be remembered by him. I think there'll be some players in that squad who 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 go on to. To be really, really good players for Rovers, but they just just weren't managed well enough by by who was a you know a honking manager, and we'll come to his record in a bit. But um, yeah, he just seems so out of his depth, but obviously had a, a good keen eye for for, for talent. Monksy? Um well, I was one of the ones that wanted to give him a chance. You know, I always want to give a manager a chance. Um, I know you were calling for his head after MK Dons. Um, I thought, give the bloke a chance, let him get his own players in, which is what he'd done. I thought he recruited on paper very well in the summer, so I thought, yeah, give him a chance. But I'll be honest, I stopped watching it the last few games, as you well know. The football was utterly abysmal. 
Um, there was just no attacking play. There was no shooting. It was like watching the team of 11, Ray Wilkins, who just want to pass the ball sideways. Um, in fact, it was like watching rugby. I thought, I think that's, they got confused that the Memorial Stadium was still a rugby ground and that I keep passing the ball back. They weren't allowed to pass forwards. So um, I was calling for his head after Doncaster. And as you all know, people follow me on Twitter. I actually tweeted, get the bloke gone now. And within half an hour, well, obviously, as he follows me, heard, heard what I said and said, yeah, if Muncie is scared to get rid, then it's time to get rid. And obviously, he got rid of him. Just with the caveat on that, you also said get rid of him now after we beat Lincoln. I didn't tweet that. You did. Sure you did. Didn't you tweet it when we were like one and up after during, that? During the game, Muncie. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, uh, sack him at half time. But obviously, Wales watching the game, you wouldn't have seen that. Obviously, after the game, you would have seen my tweet. Yeah. Make a good point. Make a good point. But what do you think of the timing of it, Charlie? What, it, it was quite peculiar. It, it, it really did come out of the blue. I mean, I was. I mean, we were all quite, quite vocal campaigners for for Garner out. Um, you know, we'll come on to the, st- the stats in a second. But um, what did you what do you make of it coming out at, at Saturday tea time? Well, I was actually good. I was preparing to do my second fake. Ben Garner's been sacked at R six, <laughs> and quarter past six, they go and do the real thing. But, <laughs> I, I was delighted. I think he should have gone after Ipswich myself. So it was weird that we sacked him so quickly. Which thinks we have got a replacement lined up. I feel that you can't. It's a bit odd for someone to be sacked so early on. I, I completely then. agree, Charlie. So we had the conversation on Saturday evening that basically they must have someone else lined up to have pulled the trigger on him so quickly that there was something else in the pipeline. It subsequently emerged that we haven't got a clue coming in. Yeah. Nobody's got a clue who's coming in. Everybody thinks they know who's coming in, but nobody does. And we'll probably end up with either a young manager or a second-rate manager that will probably be our third or fourth choice. It's, the timing's really odd. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't have gone, but the timing at this point in time is a bit odd. What, in what way? So there's talk, depends whether you listen to certain people, that it was the whole performance and on Saturday... You, you would not get rid of him just off the back of Saturday alone. If you were going to get rid of him after Hull, why have we proceeded to wait about two and a half weeks? Yeah, that's the thing I, that's the thing that I can't understand, is that if you, you know, the Post reported that he'd been given a, a warning or he was on like a, an internal formal warning system for the results and the performances after the Hull game. And you think if, if the board aren't satisfied with it and they've had a sample size of over 30-odd games when, you, when it got to the Hull game, and you could see that there was never any prospect of it turning around. I mean, the best form he, he ever put together was three wins in five games, which is which is okay form. That's good form. But he only did that once in a stretch of over 33, 33 periods, and that was that wasn't in the league. You know, there were, there were cup games in there, the Oxford United game in the um, in the Pizza Trophy. Um, you know, and and teams around us who who are going to be in the relegation scrap with us, such as Burton, were taking points off us. And you know, Rochdale took a point off us. Um, so he had to go. Managers do tend to get fired during the the international window in the Premier League, don't they? Um, whether you're a league manager now, I I don't know whether they tend to get fired now, but um, I don't know the history of it to be honest. But um, but yeah, it, it is. It does seem strange. He should have gone after Hull. He, I, I think he should, you know, I think he should have gone after MK Don's away last year, but that was only his third game. But he should have gone after Hull for me. That was that was the, the key moment. I think. I've I've got a little bit of a theory. This is this sort of period now is quite a popular time for managers to be sacked. You've given all clubs would have given their manager what we I don't know how many games we played around ten games something like that. 
are we trying to get in there first before other manager, other clubs start sacking their manager and we end up with the dregs at the end no. of this little sacking window? Just a, just a little thing. Just a little I thought. think the timing is absolutely perfect, personally. You, you, I mean, you, you, make a good, you make a good point. There are some good managers that are available for free, if you like. Um, but if I can read you out our next fixtures, right? Okay. So we've got... It, we ignore Chelsea in the Pizza Cup, right? So we've got Swindon away, Wigan away, Darlington in the FA Cup, home to Gillingham, away to Wimbledon, home to Plymouth, away to Charlton, home to Oxford, away to MK Dons. Now, those are all teams at the moment in and around us. And if we went on a run and didn't with any of them, we were going to be in the relegation zone. Now, the last thing you want is a manager coming in basically in the middle of that, potentially of in the relegation places, coming in and going, well, come on, because coming up after that, we've got Pompey, we've got Crew, you know, we've got Peterborough, Fleetwood again. We're back into the rerun of the, of the fixtures and the pressure on them is going to be enormous. You can get somebody in now, they're saying two weeks. All right, Witherington hopefully might be able to get the, um, the new manager bounce and get a result at Swindon. We can then get a new manager in, hopefully in time for the Wigan game or the FA Cup game. And before you know it, we're in the third round of the FA Cup, because of the new manager banks, hopefully again, and the new manager comes in and hopefully he can transform. We can go on a bit of a run then and suddenly we're looking at the top end of the table, not the bottom end of the table. Do you know what's really refreshing about that insight and analysis there? It's the first time I've heard anyone looking forwards about Bristol Rovers than, than looking backwards and constantly going over how bad, how bad it's been for the last 11 months and how bad every single minute, basically, of every single game was. That was the first time I've heard anybody, certainly one of us, but anybody, speak about Rovers with a little bit of hope, thinking, thinking actually, with a manager coming in now has possibly the easiest run of games that, that a manager's had for possibly a year or so. Um, you know, Garner, Garner didn't have it easy, to be fair to him, in some of his fixtures. The start of this season was really hard. I don't think he could have wished for a better October. And he completely, you know, he, he fluffed his lines in October and that was that. And um, yeah, it's quite, quite, uh, you fill me with a little bit of hope there, mate. If they, get the, if they can get the manager right, we, we, we could genuinely go on a bit, bit of a run there. Well, not only that as well, after, after those games, we're into the transfer window, aren't we? So if... He's looked at those games against teams that, let's be honest, are on our level. You know, let's be honest, we're never on the same level as Hull, Ipswich, Pompey, Sunderland. And we're not really expecting the challenge with them. I'm expecting us to put a good fight and not sit down and roll over and have our bellies tickled, like we did against them in the last few games we've played against them. Um, but the chances are we've played against teams there where they're on our level. We should be giving them a good game. We should be winning the, against those sides more than we lose. And he can have a good look at the players, see who's up to it, see who's up, not up to it, and then in January make the relevant changes that he wants to. What do we think of the squad? Like honest, honest, like honest opinions, and try not to be all Piers Morgan about it. But I'll go to you, Charlie, first. What do you, what do you, how good do you think the squad is? Is there anything? Is there anything that you've seen that you think is really worrying? Is there anything you've seen in there that looks really impressive? Like, how good do you think that that eleven or that twenty-two actually is? Well, I think defensively, it's been shambolic season. Gone ultimately. I feel we're playing this back three where he wants passing football and we're giving goals away where we can't pass it back to the goalkeeper. I mean, it's not helping Ben Garner, of course, with individual mistakes, but I feel if that's the way you're going to play, you need to get people that are confident of doing it. And confidence is a massive thing. You look at Jack Baldwin this season, he's coming as a senior head in his first interview. 
music player, you need to come here to get confidence. I mean, it's not a great sign. I think going forward, I think we've got two good strikers. I think Brandon Hanlon's been a great signing. I feel if it works in a couple of things, he'll be a fantastic striker. And James Daly, whenever he gets a chance, he seemed to put it away. So I feel if we work on the defence, I feel that's half the battle. Keep the goals out and you'll naturally attack more. I, I do think we have another problem as well, that we don't create hardly anything. I think Monksy, I don't know whether, I think it was probably a bit of a joke that we haven't created uh, had more than five shots on target all season or something like that. We're averaging two shots on target a game. Well, there you go. If you have two shots on target a game, you're not going to win very many. No. I, I know we have given away a few dopey goals, but I actually don't think we've let in a huge amount of goals. No, I think we've done. The frustrating thing is, isn't it? It's the same goals week in, week out. It's set pieces. It's goals down our, our left-hand side, down our right-hand side. And we just don't seem to learn from the mistakes. And that, for me... no. Max Eimer is clearly not a bad footballer. Jack Baldwin is clearly not a bad footballer. We say about the lack of creativity. Zane Westbrook for Coventry was a creative player. We've just signed probably the, one of the most creative players I've ever seen live in you know, the Turkish Messi. You know, every time I've seen him play, he tore us to shreds. Now, either he overdoes it against Rovers, um, or which is potentially possible. Entirely um, possible. <laughs> you know, or we're not playing the right style of football, and it's been on, it's been getting on my tits for years. This we get, we sign all these, we have all these strikers who score goals every other club they go to, and the minute they come to us, they stop scoring. The minute they leave us, they start scoring again. Tom Nichols, case in point. I know he's dropped a level. Okay, um, we look at the other strikers that, uh, that we've had in the past. You know. JCH, or literally, I would say 85, 90% of the goals he scored, he created himself. They were over long range efforts, they were penalties, or they were, you know, things where he'd beaten five men and spat it in the top corner. You look at our goals we've scored this season, the, the goal that Nicholson scored the, um, the other week, you know, literally picked it up on the half, halfway line, ran, I will wait for the pitch, and scored. Actually, I think the only goal I could think of that we actually created with good football was the first goal against Lincoln. No, we scored a fucking brilliant goal on Saturday. Thought, yeah, I was going to say that. Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, it was a great goal. A little bit of luck, but it was, it was you know, a good, good bit of luck that was deserved from good play. You know, and if we were doing that five or six times a game and we were losing, I wouldn't have been on Garner's back. I would have said, it's coming. It, it's it's going to happen. You know, we can cut out the individual mistakes um, and, you know, you could see the football. But it was, it's, it's what... Two, two pieces of brilliance in what? 11 games? 33 games. And as similar defending, I wouldn't accept for my teams when I was managing the Bristol District 5. Let alone from a fucking League 1 side. It's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, that whole game. I think that is the, the, the seminal moment. I think that is when, when he lost everyone else. You know, he, he, lost, he lost me minute one. It was awful against Wimbledon. We lost that and people wanted to give him time. And I was never convinced by the project. I was never like... I was never happy with the with the appointment from 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 minute one, and then you go and watch watch the games, and then we had Fleetwood away, which was a good result to be fair, nil nil away at Fleetwood, and then you, you kind of look how they've come on and come down and battered us four one, and then we've gone backwards and backwards and backwards, and we were probably sort of equal par with Fleetwood last season. We made it to the playoffs, you know, we we're probably on level with them up until that that nil nil draw we had, 
and then you see how far we've fallen and how far they've they've come on and they absolutely tonked us. It was it was so embarrassing to watch that on on Saturday and I think that the whole defending a few, a few weeks ago for all three of their goals they just they just carved us open. It, it was so so silly and um, yeah I think that I, I, in answer to the question about the squad, Jacola is is probably the best keeper to have ever played in this division. He's absolutely a ridiculous goalkeeper and um, you know we we are so lucky to have him. And for everyone else, we've got we've had Kilgore, who had a, a, a cracking season last season, and the back end of the season before he was brilliant as well. But he, you know he, he has started in a couple of games and, and, and dropped a couple of clangers. Baldwin looks shot; his confidence looks absolutely finished. And we, uh, you know, as Charlie alluded to, the the the, um, the first interview he gave was was, was was there were really worrying signs in that Sunderland wanted shot of him. They couldn't believe their luck to get shot of him. It sounded like their fans anyway. You know, Aimer, like you say, he's come in and he's he's clearly not a bad player, but there's been mistake after mistake. He's scored own goals. Um, Harry's has never ever ever put in a 90 minute performance to me that suggests he's a he's, he's a he's a professional footballer, let alone a, a footballer capable of starting in League One. I do not understand the hype about Harry's whatsoever. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the potential's there, and you know he does look good in a long sleeve shirt. You've got to hand it to him. He's probably the best looking player on the team. He looks cracking in a long sleeve shirt, but that ain't enough to get us out of League One, unfortunately. So I think the whole defence. How many left backs have we got now? Is it four thousand left backs? We've got about two hundred and fifty centre midfielders, and they're all like, you know, Kyoki came in was fantastic against Walsall, and then was you know was as hopeless as the rest of them were against Fleetwood, and then the other left backs have been honking going backwards as well. I think we've got about forty right backs as well. None of them are any good, you know. Josh Hare's okay at getting the ball in, not very good defensively. I mean, you can say that for every other player, and then the midfield. I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, those Rovers fans that were like honking and, and wanking over Stuart Sinclair every single time he did something but he was never that technically technically like brilliant he never was a, a brilliant player for Rovers but he was always hard on his sleeve and would, would do the ugly stuff and I'm not going to be like a Yada here but Abu Agogo what on earth what on earth is he doing in the conference he has got no business whatsoever being in that division and Saturday would have been absolutely perfect they were perfect conditions for a player like him to break the play up commit some professional fouls um Stop them getting in position. Stop them cutting us open. Just kill the ball as often as he could, and then hopefully we could have nicked it to all. And yeah, apparently the computer says he can't run anymore, Luke. You want me? Apparently the computer says it says that he can't run anymore. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. Well, that's why he's gone because the computer said so. However, our midfield, I could be wrong. I don't think I've seen Westbrook make a tackle all season. He's I mean, if we're playing this, he's a good player going forward. I think. When he gets the ball, he shows he can pick a pass. But if we're playing this box formation, your two midfielders have got to have some defensive talent. Not they don't have to be like prime Lame at CDM. We just need someone who can put a bit of effort in when the ball's in our half. I just feel this He's season not, has been got to play this box formation because he doesn't possess a winger of any quality. I've, he's got what? Has he got Nicholson? Seen a few glimpses. Rodman's injured all the time. McCormick is, Harry's on Chelsea's books. <laughs> is beyond me because he is terrible. He had a shot. He had two shots on Saturday. One, he, pa- he pretty much passed it to the goalkeeper. The other, he just chipped it over the tent end for no apparent reason. <laughs> like, he's, he's absolutely dreadful. So at that point, you then haven't got any wingers. So you've got to play this box formation, which suits no one. It also keeps the Turkish Messi out of the team because you can't, you wouldn't play Westbrook and Oztumer in that position. You can only play one of them in that position. Just, uh, yeah, he, you can say that he's, he recruited well in the summer, but he didn't requ- uh, recruit any balance in the squad at all. 
I don't think he did recruit well in the summer. I I I I, I can't see. There's not been one <laughs> signing that's come in and improved the team from well, where we for were. Me, for me, he he recruited well, but what the main problem is that is the players that he didn't get. He didn't get a winger. He didn't get a goal-scoring centre forward. Really, Hamlin's done okay. He's not. We don't create anything. It's t- difficult to judge him. Yeah, it's so hard. You're right. I, I don't recall him. I don't recall him missing chance after chance because we didn't create chance after chance. I think his finishing is not very good from what I've seen, but we don't create anything. I couldn't say that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We could have Harry Kane up front, and we won't score any goals because we don't give him the ball. I mean, I mean, what? It's it's so frustrating, you know. And we are just so slow. We are so, um, you know, slow, predictable, boring. I mean, it was. It's, it's been. It's like it's like watching England. It's like watching England play with with, with second rate footballers. So you imagine how boring it is watching England when we have got world class players on the team. Imagine watching a team playing like that with second rate players. I mean, this is why I've not watched the last couple of games. I said, said, said to you guys, I am not watching a game until we manage to get five shots on target. I mean, is that too much to ask for? Five shots on target in a game of football? <laughs> Probably not. I don't really know how to respond to that, Monksy, to be honest. <laughs> Probably no. not. So, what next for, what next for Gala then? Um, clearly a talented talented coach very qualified clearly you know had an okay career as uh you know, i think his career is uh as an unders coach gets sort of blown out of the water a little bit he, he did all right at palace with, with a good academy he, he played no part in find, in founding the academy he played, he played no part in really identifying the players that's all other other elements of the of the football club so you know he had a good unders career he was honking in india he got absolutely tonked with with west brom with um with Pulis towards the end where does where does ghana go from here because i think he's got to reinvent himself a little bit you just swap, swap him and Bowen Anthony around. That's what we should do. Give Bowen Anthony the job, but he can go and run the under 15s. I forgot Bowen Anthony's back, actually. That would be a great shout to come in, at, uh, at, you know, come in as, a, as a coach, don't, don't you think? Definitely. I think, you know, you're, you, you've been talking about Lee Mansell stepping up, and I think he should certainly be involved. Um, I don't quite know where we stand with the current coaching staff, whether or not we can afford to pay them off. But personally, I would like to see Byron Anthony come in as a defensive coach, starters. Um, as you say, get Mansell involved. Um, I personally wouldn't put him as manager, but um, maybe number two. What's your, um, uh, what's your thought? And if we can't get rid of the current staff that are there, can we not do a bit of a reshuffle and say to the you know, Kevin Mar, you're now in charge of the academy. Um, Lee Mansell's coming up and, went and taking your job or whatever and um, was it John Le our um, whatever his name is he's the guy from Dad's Army and he's our, he's our assistant manager at the moment Corporal we shambolic as the Dad's Army that's for sure we <laughs> certainly did what's your um, oh, Andy quickly what's your what's your reasons against Mantle because my reasons for Mantle is there's I don't think there's ever been a better time for a manager to come in because it, it it quite literally cannot be worse. So unless we unless we finish in the bottom four, Mansell has done a better job than Ben Garner was ever going to do this season. And then he's got he's got two transfer windows coming up and a full season next year, hopefully with the crowds back in. What is the, now is the time for me if you're Rovers and you and you've got longer term ambitions to give Lee Mansell the job. I can't think of a better time than replacing the worst manager of all time because he's not replacing DC, he's not replacing GC who had us in third. He's replacing the worst manager Bristol Rovers have ever had. What's what's your arguments against that? Well, first of all, 
He hasn't got any managerial ex- experience whatsoever. He's done the academy. No, he's not. He hasn't. He hasn't managed in the academy. He oversees the academy. Him and him and Tom Paranello managed in the academy. And if that's good enough yeah, for no, Garner, no, no, no. that's good enough for Mansell. I've I've refereed the academy. Lee Mansell isn't in the dugout. Not for that one game. So Lee Mansell stands basically and sits in the stand. Right. So, he, but he is the under twenties manager or under twenty threes, whichever he one he is. He, he he oversees more than one age group. So he's not managing. He basically oversees everything. Um, I think he's the link between the the youth teams and probably sits in the meetings and decides who gets you know offered a deal next for the following year, etc., etc., etc. So he hasn't really managed. He certainly hasn't coached uh, at senior level. So I think to thrust him in to a job, and in my opinion. We were in a relegation battle. Make the bones about this. Yeah, I quite agree. We were in a relegation battle. So chuck in somebody with no managerial experience whatsoever into that, A, does him no good, because if he completely goes tits up, which it could do, particularly as we're saying, the squad isn't exactly built for a relegation battle. You know, we haven't got dogs of war going out here. We've got little pretty boys that go around probably more about their hair and, and what, what, you know, what what's on their beats walking into the changing rooms for the Twitter promo as they're walking in then you know then digging in and, and getting stuck in in you know freezing cold weather and hammering down with rain to chuck somebody in like Mance who was that type of player if you like who would roll his sleeves up and get you know and get stuck in I'm not sure it's fair on him I'm not sure it's fair on the players I think they need an experienced guy to come in someone that's at least be a manager in the lower leagues for a you know, two or three years. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk about. We'll talk about other replacements in a minute. We'll move on to that. Um, yeah. Charlie, what would what would your opinions be on 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 a Lee Mansell head coach managerial type position? Where, where would you would you would you be in favour of it? Would you be against it? A bit impartial, really, because well, the last internal prom- promotions to manager have all worked out fantastically. There's no, you can't argue with that. And I feel, but then with Monksy, I feel that. We have got a relatively young squad. I feel we took the risk of a young manager, and inexperienced. I feel you can't have a complete inexperienced side. I feel you need someone, whether it is the manager, with a bit of experience, a bit of knowledge of the game. Because we've only got one way of playing at the moment. Don't get me wrong, it is rubbish. But I feel we need someone who can come in and grind out a result, even if the players aren't. We can train the players to do that. I feel if you bring Manson then. I feel he because he's part of the Garn model. I can't help but feel he's going to be another pass out the back. When we are in a relegation battle, I can't see that working. I think Mansell might be a little bit put out by the idea that he doesn't know the game, given he had a twenty-year playing career and his UEFA B <laughs> license. But I take the point, Ollie. What would your what would your thoughts be on that? I've seen you agreeing in 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 all parts, really. So not against it, but not on his own. Okay. So. We've criticised one of my main criticisms of Ben Garner was that he is inexperienced at um, senior level and that he's had a very good unders career, but maybe not good enough or experienced enough at the moment. It seems ridiculous to sack Garner and bring in Mansell because you've gone for the same model again. The second, my second point is we've got quite a young squad, quite an inexperienced squad. We spoke we spoke quite a lot on Saturday about the dark arts of the game that we don't do at all. We need somebody, in my opinion, who, because from what I can see, we've got a lot of technically gifted footballers, but they've got, they're not streetwise at all. They get roughed up 
most weeks. We need potentially Mansell and somebody else to, that can do that, that can drag them up by their collars, so to speak. And I think that's the route to go down personally. But I'm not against not against Mansell, but I think he needs an experienced head alongside him, potentially someone like Lenny Lawrence did with Paul Trollope okay. many moons ago. So, yeah, I get it. I just think I just there's someone in my head that can't get around the idea that now will be the best time for him to to, to come on board because it can't be any worse. He'd be, he'd, I think he's probably the one figure who would unify the fan base because nobody at all, if he comes on board, and there's not one person in the football club who supports the football club, who likes the football club, that would have any agenda in wanting him to fail. And I think Ben Garner had that. Ben Garner had that from from day one. I make no bones about it. I wanted him out the second he was in, and. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think anybody would think that of Lee Mansell. And I think, you know, I just think it's just the perfect time to to, to chuck him in and, and see what he can do, um, especially with an experienced head. Against it because it'll be seen as the cheap option. Yeah, potentially. I didn't think of that. Potentially, you're right. But um, so as a pod out of ten, where are we where are we giving a how much we'd like Mansell and B Mansell's chances? What do you what are you saying, Ollie? For those two. Well, I think it's a bit of a loaded question because if you're giving me Mansell with someone else as a director of football, eight or nine out of ten, Mansell on his own, five out of ten. All right. Charlie? Probably go for a four out of ten. I feel he'd, he'd be all right. I don't think he'd set the world alight. He wouldn't need time. I think he probably would keep us up. I think we've got a bit too much of a good squad. So I feel anyone's really going to keep us up this season. So he's not really a gamble. So probably about a four or five, yeah. Monksy? Odds of him coming in, I'll give you a zero out of ten. Um, well, the club have already come out and said, haven't they, that they're not going to recruit internally. I've not seen but that. Virtually rules out Widerinson, Hargreaves, Mansell, um, Anthony. However, well, I think the new man will come in and potentially bring somebody like him into the um, match day training, you know, match day coaching staff. I'd probably, and if it, if he's going to do that, would it be him? I would say give you an eight out of ten for that. I think almost certainly they would look to to bring in somebody with Rovers connections. And as I say, I could see quite easily be a Mansell and Anthony being brought into the you know the the day to day running of the first team. Yeah, yeah, I might I might, I might concur with that. He might be my favourite, and he might be the one that I want to get a job. But whether or not I see him actually getting it is a um. Is a different story. If we move on to Monksy, obviously you've got quite a passionate idea about who you want. Why don't you run through you know, the arguments for and against whoever it is that you want to bring in? Well, in the idea of what I bring in Paul Cook, um, I, I think we could more than easily afford him. Do you? I don't, th- I, I don't think Salah is a, a barrier. Um, you know, we're obviously paying good good money and we have done in the past with managers um, do I think Paul Cook would take the job no I think he's probably holding out for um, the Derby County maybe knocking on his door very soon um, or potentially there could be a job at Sunderland I think coming up because obviously they've got new owners coming in uh, I think he's on borrowed time so do I think we'll get Paul Cook no personally I think everyone probably knows who I would go for I'll go for Michael Flynn at Newport I think the bloke has performed miracles at that club. Um, not only you know, to, keep, to keep them up the way he did, but to then um, take them into the playoffs two years on, a tr- on the trot with literally no money. 
And to get them to top of the table this season is nothing short of remarkable. Um, because at least what people might not realise is that he was basically told that every player that was out of contract, every senior player that was out of contract because of COVID, their contract is not being re- uh, not being renewed. So that's the reason why Jamil Matt left and wasn't offered a new deal. Um, he lost, obviously, Marco Bryan, the captain, because he had to retire due to um, injury. Uh, he lost another couple of senior members of staff uh, and members of uh, players staff. Um, he's relied very heavily on getting in young, bringing young kids through from the, their academy. He's relied very uh, heavily on getting through. So to, to do that and to, to, to produce a style of football that they're now playing, to do the cup runners and match it with some of the, the best teams in the land, including at the time, the best team in the land in Man City. Um the bloke deserves a chance at a, a club higher up. And um, I think he would jump at the chance to come to Rovers. I think he would do a great job. Um, yeah, for me, Michael Flynn every day of the week. Well, Monksy, I think he shot himself in the foot by his comments on Saturday night. Yeah, I do. I, and I think the same said for Ian Holloway when he took a pop at Wael Al-Kadi after they got rid of Daryl Clark was the reason he didn't get the job then. That would be the same. I wouldn't if I was uh, hiring someone for a job, and they basically came out and said I didn't give the bloke before, I didn't give the bloke before enough time, and he's offering his thoughts on the outside. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him the job. Not a chance. Yeah, I can see the points. I mean, I do think he was put in a bit of a, a no-win situation by the, the question from Colin Murray. It wasn't. Uh, I think Luke tweeted earlier. It wasn't a very. Colin Murray-esque style question. Um, he's not the sort of person that, that tries to catch out um, you know, guests on the show. Um, I'm not really sure what more um, Flynn could have said. I thought he handled it quite diplomatically. He obviously had to sort of play the manager's union card and stick up a little bit for Garner and say, well, you know, he lost his star striker and, you know, maybe you're not in everyone given time. To an outsider looking in, we've now gone through three managers in 18 months. So it could look a bit like a poison chalice. Um, we know, obviously, as we're fans, that's not the case. And we know that the owner has basically been very patient, I think, with the current manager and also with Darrell Clark. He could have pulled the uh, pulled the trigger a lot sooner than they have. Um, yeah, it, he, he, I, I, can see, I can see your point. Um, would I think it affected his chances? Maybe, but I think... He hasn't completely ruined it. Yeah. You know, he can come back from that, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel because it's a bit different if you're asking a person if they want the job, if they're already employed. I feel if Flynn's, Flynn's not going to come out and go, yeah, I'm interested in the Bristol Rovers job because he's at Newport. How's that going to look? You think, you think you'd much rather him say no to us? Because that was, well, Coughlin done it in his position, didn't he? When Plymouth were interested. And well, I feel he lost the fans there. When I was always copying, loved him, but I feel when he mentioned, "Oh, I'm not ruling anything out," they're thinking, "What a dickhead!" And you're thinking, "Flynn done the same." I yeah. feel that that would have the same effect. GC out of his, I don't know. It maybe he's worked on it since, but his handling of the media when he was Rose manager was woeful. He he said so many stupid things that, yeah, that just spend, didn't need to get involved in. He used to spend ten minutes answering one question. Yeah, and get himself in, and 
with every word that was coming out of his mouth, he was making the situation worse. Yeah, he must have been an interviewer. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to stop. He just kept he just kept hanging himself with his own rope, Coughlin. That was the the one criticism I had of him was his handling of the media, as you say, was was honking. Have we done the um the out of tens for for Flynn then in terms of chances of getting the job and how well we think he'll do? No, no, let's do that now. So Charlie, well, I think he's got. If I think if Flynn wants the job, I don't really feel that. I think he would get it myself. I think he's got a great chance if he openly says I want the Bristol Rovers job. I feel we're not really going to attract a Paul Cook or a Danny Cowley. I think if you're looking at the league below, top of the league, it's not really much better. I'd be more than happy with Flynn myself. I think he's got a great chance. I'd go seven or eight. Ollie? I would have given you seven or eight prior to his comments on Saturday, so I'll go six. One seat. Um, I think to me it's dependent on whether the club wants to fork out in compensation. Uh, if they decided that they're happy to go for compensation and pay and pay the money, then then eight to me is the obvious candidate. Probably possibly alongside um, Duff at Cheltenham if they want to get somebody already in a job. Um, if they don't want to fork out, if there are plenty of good guys available. Well, they ain't got to fork out, which is well, I think they might go. So I, I'll, I'll say six overall, six out of ten. I think they, there's there's three big problems with with Flynn. The first one and the most important one is compensation. Second one, um, and probably least important one, is the comments he made at the weekend. I think that really has put him at a disadvantage. Um, and third is start of play. I think he's it, they've played good football this year before, and they, they've played with big target men. They've played with long throws. I just don't think that's what what Werlock Addy wants Bristol Rovers to be. I think that might be a might be a big big hindrance for him. It probably is the reason why he's not got the job in the past because obviously there's. Pretty strong rumours on the grapevine. He's applied and got to final two, and you know there was a point where he was going to get it and take it over from um, from from DC. When but then Cochrane went on that run. I think that's probably the the thing that sort of stopped him getting offered it straight away. It's that the football to watch. You know, you watch Newport. It's effective, but it is it's honking. And I think they are a lot different this year. Yeah. I think again though he. he he demonstrates that why I think he's a good manager. It's very much horses for courses. So he's got when he had Jamil Matt and Paul Chat Almond up top, um, you're not gonna play football and you know, use and use the pace, are you? You're gonna go direct. He hasn't got that now because they say Jamil Matt's left, he's still got Almond, so he's got an outlet, but he's got a lot of pace and a lot of um players around him to play that football. Josh Sheehan, for example, he's been absolutely outstanding this year, playing in that sort of ten false ten role. So he's adapted and changed the way that they they could play. One of the biggest criticisms we're saying to Garner, Garner had a plan A, and plan A was basically just just change plan A to, to keep it at plan A. You know, Flynn has got a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and probably a plan D, obviously. Yeah. You know, maybe this is quite maybe this is quite simplistic, but I I know what you're saying about the style of football, Luke, but what about the pitch? I don't know what it's like been like this year, but in previous years it's been terrible. You could not play any football on that pitch at all. Yeah, I just say, as I say, the, the big question mark, the the big question question mark over him, whether it's uh, something he can answer, and the only time will tell if he's able to answer. But I think it is a valid question in that they are they are pragmatic. They are they they were very direct. They were very long throws, get the ball out wide, and let's try and hit the tight man at the back stick and see what happens. So um, yeah, I, I think he's got. I think he's probably got a six out of ten chance of getting it. And I think he'd probably do well. I think, you know, I think he probably is good enough to come in and, and, and alter the style of play. I think we need to get back to being the, the battered bastards of Bristol and play and play the dark arts and play the play the, the, the 1%, you know, 
marginal marginal gains and, and make sure that we're doing the, the very basics right. And I think he is a manager that could probably do that for us. But is he a manager that would inspire the fanfare and, ins- and inspire the unity and inspire the 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 next generation of kids to come along and watch the Rovers? Is is that is he going to do that? And it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I wouldn't be adverse to him getting the job purely on the basis I think he'll keep us up. So, Ollie, who's your who, who, who's your sort of outline candidate? Who's your who's your favourite to get the job? What, what's your reasons for and against? So, again, it, for me, it depends on the style of infrastructure and how we want that to look. Do we do we want a manager or do we want a first team coach and a director of football? It depends what sort of route we're going to go down. My initial thoughts were Danny Cowley, and that was straight after the news was out. I still he's still my preferred option. Whether he'd come or not, I don't know. They reckon he's in the running for the job at Tranmere. I'm not even sure if we've approached him or anything, obviously. I'd be keen for us to approach him, and he did a fantastic job at Lincoln. Didn't quite work out for him at Huddersfield. Well, he did. That, a fantastic job doesn't even cut it at Lincoln. He took him up twice in a row. He took him to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. As a, as a non-league side, they beat multiple league teams and a Premier League team outside along the way as well. He would be my number one choice. I also mentioned on when we spoke about Nigel Atkins is out of a job and then the possibility of maybe in bringing someone with him could in dreamland Ricky Lambert come back with him they had a good relationship at Southampton that would be my dream dream appointment Nigel Atkins director of football and Ricky Lambert first team coach whether I can see it happening or not probably not but Danny, Car- Danny Carley for me would be the one that would inspire the most excitement I guess I think Nigel Atkins, when he was last in League League One, he was with um was that the Southampton side? I'll bow to your knowledge on that. But if if he can put together half the team he put together for that Southampton squad, my God, they were and obviously went on to be an extremely successful football club, and he you know laid the foundations for them getting back into the Premier League. And um, fucking hell, if he can put a team together that play, that plays anything like they did, obviously they're gonna have a, a much bigger budget. They had, they they spent a million quid on Lambert for a start. Um, you know that would just be, and obviously then to bring to bring the King Ricky back would just be, yeah, that would probably be the most exciting one. I think I genuinely agree with you there. I think that would be would be great fun, Charlie. Oh, Sol Campbell. <laughs> I feel if you look at his jobs, yeah, he's been relegated twice, but you look at the teams he's been <laughs> how at. Many, how many jobs has he had? <laughs> Two. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel he's been put. I don't think I was keeping Southend. Last season, I felt that was hopeless. That's a lost cause. And I think Macclesfield to even keep them in the league for a season was a miracle in itself. Can we just add that Bolton started on was it minus fifteen? Yeah, and they knew. And if it wasn't for coronavirus, they would have caught Southend. I felt that was a lost cause. Though. The players won't get. Oh, it's, it's a joke club at Southend. Yeah, you already got to the has a worse win record than Bengana. But I feel you look, Sol Campbell is he's desperate to prove people wrong. I know he's made some stupid comments like if he was white, he'd be the England manager. Well, he wouldn't. But I just feel if you give him backing, which Wale was obviously going to do, and you're going to give him money, I just feel you're going to give him, a, you've given Ghana a chance. I don't think Campbell will be any worse. I thought the footballer who played at Southend was at time. Well, I remember when Southend comes to the men. That first half, I get they look, oh. Yeah, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. It wasn't until Coughlin cancelled the Christmas party 
They would have hammered us. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The problem at South End. The players on strike, players weren't getting paid. They went months without their wages being paid. What was the problem around why they didn't get many points? To get losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but why do they keep losing? That that they were crap. They were crap. They couldn't defend for Toffee. So you're going to bring in a manager that quite clearly cannot coach a side on how to defend, which is quite remarkable, bearing in mind he's one of the best defenders England have ever produced. And we're going to put him in charge of a team that at the moment can't defend a corner. <laughs> so I, I do agree with that. I can't remember who said it, that it can't, whoever comes in, it can't get much worse. There's only one bloke who's got a possibility to make this situation worse, and that's him. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the comment going around on Twitter the other day? He was asked a question in, in the World Cup in 2018. He was working on Sky and they said, who's going to win out of um, Belgium and Brazil? And he replied, France. <laughs> what? Like, what a, no, please, no. I no. think the problem you've got there is I, I, I can't see how, if you're in recruitment, I can't see how a bloke's comments about a game between Belgium and France would rule him out of managing Bristol Rovers. I think the point's about him not being able to set up a fucking defence and how, how bad they were in the second half. Southend, in the second half, managed to play worse football at the Mem last season than Rovers did, and I didn't think that would be physically possible. In the first half, they were absolutely amazing. In the second half, they were the worst side I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like it, and I can't handle another, another manager like that. So, Luke, carry those comments across. Say he gets in his car, he's living somewhere in North Bristol, he's driving to the ground, he thinks we've got, he thinks we've got Fleetwood at home, he turns up and we've got Sunderland or something. <laughs> The, the bloke's a clown. He's just an idiot. He comes out with stupid comment after stupid comment. And oh, I love him. I loved Coughlin. Coughlin pissed everyone off. If you thought Coughlin was bad, oh, we've had a shit year. In, in all Sorry, Campbell. Taking out the joke, taking out the the joke side of it. We need to say at this point, we need a safe pair of hands. And Sol Campbell's not that. Yeah, he's not. And his, play, his playing career was 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 a little bit like that, wasn't it? I mean, he, what was it, 20 games at Newcastle because he couldn't be bothered. He quit Macclesfield. Was it Macclesfield? No, Notts County, wasn't it, he went to. And yeah, then that's been Gordon Erickson and just pissed off because he couldn't be bothered. I think, he, he, you know, the last couple of seasons at Pompey, he couldn't be bothered. I think, you know, if his head's not in it or if his heart's not in it, I think this is why he actually hasn't been given a chance as a manager, is that his playing record, unbelievable for Arsenal, fantastic for England, but he declined so rapidly. And his attitude and his... his his willingness to roll his sleeves up and get stuck in. You have to look at Notts County and think, are you are you really interested in, in being at this level? Because you weren't as a player and you've had to take crisis jobs on because you've made yourself out to be a bit of a tit. I, I, I'm i on the fence. I'm on the fence. I'm a little bit more in, in Andy and in, in amongst his paddock, I think. I think my right leg's down on the floor in theirs, but I've still got my left leg on the fence. I, I think there will be something... If we're going to go down, we might as well go down swinging. And I think we would go down absolutely swing. We'd be on fire. We'd be swinging. We'd be drunk under Sol Campbell. It would be hilarious. So there's something about a glorious defeat under Campbell that would be would be funny. But I think he's, he's, he's got a one out of ten chance of getting the job. And I think he'd probably do a, a three out of ten job here as well. Um, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see it happening. I'll make a prediction. If Sol Campbell gets the job, we'll be down by Easter. Having lost every game 17 0. 0 0 at half time now. I'll go as far as to say Sol Campbell's next job, it'll be promoted within two seasons. So Sol Campbell, for me, needs to go to the conference. He'll go to Rexham. Trade. Alright? Because he's it will, it's not his fault, admittedly, that he um was in charge of two of the most basket case clubs going. 
at, the partic- at that particular time. But there's absolutely nothing in there really that suggests that he's going to be any good as a manager. But you could also say there's nothing there that suggests he's not going to be. You know, he couldn't be a manager. But go in the conference, like a lot of the other guys have done, like your Tim Flowers is doing, at Sully Holmore's. Um, you know, he's an ex-England international. And he isn't banging on about being given a, a top job. He's got his, his folded sleeves up, taking Sully Holmore's into the, you know, into the, 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 the National League, doing really well with them. Fair play, you know. Go into the conference, earn your stripes, like somebody like Nigel Clough did when he put Burton up all the way from wherever it was into the into the championship. And then if you start winning games and actually show that you can do the job, clubs will come knocking because he is a name. You know, all right. I did I'm not a big fan of Frank Lampard just being handed the Derby job and then going straight into Chelsea or Stephen Gerrard being handed the Rangers job because I thought they should have started at the bottom as well. But fair play, they're doing quite well. So it's a gamble that they work. Let's talk now of Wayne Rooney getting the Derby job. I think that would be an absolute catastrophe for Derby. I think that's almost relegation confirmed. But, you know, he, again, he should start at the bottom and work his way up. Um, there's too many. There's too many good managers in the lower leagues who yeah. are earning their stripes, like your Michael Flynn's, like your Duff's at um, uh, uh, Cheltenham, like, um, the, I can't remember, his name escapes me, the guy at, at, at Harrogate, who's, who was taken there all the way up. You know, these the guys have gone in, they've, they've worked their way up from nothing and, 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 and now deserve a shot at some of these bigger jobs. Not You can't just walk in and go, I'm Saul Campbell, I played for England next number of times, I scored a goal, I got a salad and ran off like an absolute dickhead celebrating well, the other team out on the break and we almost lost, uh, Argentina and we almost conceded a goal, give me a manager's job, you know, and no, it's, it's not on. Sorry. I, would, I would argue Saul Campbell has got a name for himself and it's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was a that was a great summary there. A great summary of your points. Um, can you just remind me who is the who's the Sully Holmore's manager? Tim Flowers, isn't it? No, it's a guy called James Shan. But otherwise, you you really did well, sum Tim that Flowers, up. Was it Sully Holmore's then? He, he was, yeah. I think I think. He was sat. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, otherwise, fantastic points. There is um, <laughs> there is an outlier here. There's one that we've not spoken about yet, and I think he he, he probably is. The, I don't know how he's not the bookies' favourite. But um, he's certainly third. He was third earlier on today in the book he's um, running, and that is Mr. Paul Tisdale. Now, what, Charlie? Your sign. What? What makes you? What makes you say that? You just look at the job he done at MK Dons. So he's got he took him up. Yeah, but look, I'm not. Yeah, the, the squad in League Two was a joke for League Two. Yeah, yeah so and they come up to League One. There. He. He had a he had a horrible a load of injuries the first three months of the season and he's lost his job off the back of that. I think that you know he, he did exactly what was expected to him, of him sort of keep them up last season. They battered us, they battered us at home and we, we beat them, and then they battered us away. I mean they they made us look fucking silly, MK Dons. So you know, all I'm going to say about a Paul's Tisdale side is, from what I know, then we let Tom Nichols go for Bristol Rovers. I mean that's red flags if I've ever seen one. He did bring him through to be fair. As did as he did with Ollie Watkins, as he did with the is it a Leeds, yeah. a Leeds midfielder now? It, or, or went went on from Brentford to Leeds, sold them for a few million. And yes, well, Ed Upson was his key player, so we used to know Plymouth shit players could do a yeah. job of our team already. Yeah, well, you've got a good point there, Ollie. What are your thoughts? So he did. He played some outstanding football when he was with Exeter. Did an outstanding job there for a lot of years. Wouldn't be a bad appointment at all. Plays decent brand of football. 
might even be able to get the best out of Ed Upson, Charlie, which, which I'm sure you'll be pleased to hear. But um, I, I wouldn't be adverse to that. Safe pair of hands, I think. Monksy? Uh, I'm very much on the fence with this one. Yeah, he uh, strikes I, me as the kind of manager you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily get on board with. He strikes me as that sort of Gareth Ainsworth type bloke who wears the, 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 the dodgy gear and he's eating yeah, he some pretty stuff, yeah. but he's a bit, he's a bit milk toast. Yeah, I'm not overly comfortable with a manager looking like a model from Topshop. Um, you know, um, as Oli said, uh, at Exeter, he played some amazing football. I mean, I can remember watching Rovers play them and um, I remember going down to Exeter and being absolutely played off the park by them. And some of the football was absolutely unreal that they played. Um, but then he went to MK Dons and seemed to lose the plot a little bit. Now, whether or not He's a bit like maybe, and I think this is possibly one of the criticisms you could have of Michael Flynn. Um, is he a, basically a one-club manager? A bit like an Eddie Howe, you know, works wonders at Bournemouth, but when he goes somewhere else, can't do it, you know. So he's... He's got four promotions on his CV with Team Bath. He got Exeter up and he got MK Dons up. So... I, yeah, I, but then he got MK Dons to this level, he failed, didn't he? And, yeah, and to that box, I'd love to know where Eddie Howe's been since and failed. Burnley. Yeah, he's only been. He fell at Burnley, but I don't think you can label him being a one club man at Paul Tisdale. I, 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 I can't see that at all. Well, I, I don't know. It's, it's just the one thing I want, you know. He didn't really do. Let's be honest, the MK Dons in League Two, he had a hell of a budget. You know, he probably had one of the biggest budgets in League Two, so he probably had to get them up. And then obviously, when he got into League One, the budget obviously then leveled out. And he probably certainly, I would say, under underperformed with MK Dons. He probably shouldn't have got relegated with them, or you know, ended up with them going down. You know, some of the players he had, you know, Kieran Agard, who probably at that level is a good top striker. You know, he had some good players at MK Dons, and you know, just I, I, as Ollie said, I wouldn't be overly against it. It wouldn't excite me, but I wouldn't be chucking my toys out of the pram. I would, I would very much give him a chance to say, you know, well, I give anyone a chance, but I would be, I would probably be more patient with him because of the, as you say, the players he brought through at Exeter, you know, he's going to be dealing with players of a similar age in this squad. So if we were saying that Ben Garner was a good coach that could get, you know, players through, then um, he certainly ticks that box. And what I will say as well from speaking to players, uh, from people that I know who work in the youth game, Exeter's academy, which he had a lot to do with setting up, is one of the best in the country. I think they've got a category two academy at Exeter. They, they're, um, it is amazing. And I think your point yeah. earlier on was that we, um, we, we keep getting strikers who, who come to us and don't score. I think you look at the strikers that he brought through at Exeter and have sold on for, for millions. You know, if he can, do, if he can get us another Ollie Watkins, if he can get us another fucking Jalen Stockley, then we're laughing. It, they, they, sold, um, they sold a fella um, from MK Dons out to Toulouse, didn't they, for three million? One of their strikers. What was his name, Charlie? Routinely, I think it was because I remember yeah. we. I see the report that we were interested in two hours later. He's left for two and a half million pounds. Yeah, so I think I, I think 
it probably is the sensible appointment. I think it probably is the most realistic appointment because there's no compensation to to pay. And if he's and he is interested in the job, he he lives in Bath. He lives in the local area. He's been very complimentary about Rovers and the Gas Edge in the in the past, which obviously is something that that Cochrane got beat up with. He played lovely football. He brought the he brought some quality players through. I think in two weeks' time we will be looking at a Bristol Rovers under Paul Tisdale, and I think he is the kind of manager who who's got enough credit in the bank from his from his previous career to um. To, to probably get given a little bit of time at Rovers and get crucially get given a little bit of backing because look what he did when MK Dons backed him he took him straight up look what he did when Exeter backed him with the um the Stockley money they went straight up and I think if if Rovers back him with something similar you know just buying higher caliber players or bring him through higher caliber players I, I think it's an exciting appointment I think it really is a really exciting appointment yeah as you say I'm not against it I'm not overly for it I'm not against it you know as you say is he ticks a lot of boxes but there's also for me a lot of question marks as well so let's just roll out the um the rest of the the top odds then and just give me a quick guess or no if you if you would have them at, at Rovers so um as a permanent manager so Bookie's favorite currently is Tommy Widrington Ollie no Monksy no Charlie no and then next we've got Paul Cook Ollie Yes. Monksy? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Charlie? Yeah, 100% too. I'd say no. I'd say he took a long time to get Pompey up out of League Two. I think it took him two seasons to get out of there. Um, with the budget they had, they, they, they were way too good to have been there. And he also, he left Pompey under a bit of a cloud. He's left Wigan, obviously with extenuating circumstances. He's left them under a bit of a cloud. He left Pompey because he wanted to move back up north. I, I, you know, we, we had that issue with Graham Cochran. That's the reason he left. I, I can't, I can't see why that'd be a good idea. As good, as good a set of football as he plays, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on him. Um, so that'd be a no from me. Graham Alexander, Ollie. Yes. Monksy. Yeah, I don't see a reason why not. He's always done pretty well wherever he's been. I mean, he was doing a pretty good job at Salford. They were sick when he got sacked. So. Yeah, I, I was reading it earlier. Their their home form was 18th in the division last season. So their away form must have been pretty fucking good because I think they did yeah. they finish in the playoffs or just outside. But like, that's a big, big question mark, and he's never really done it elsewhere. As he was, he was he scum foot manager beforehand when he went up. Yeah, he he he's, he's, he's done all right wherever he's. He's never set the world alight, but he's never really failed wherever he's been. He's always been there, whatever boats, you know. Yeah, I think with with the Cowleys and with with Flynn or with Tisdale lying around I, I, I don't think he's got any chance of getting the job realistically Charlie what would you say about Graham Alexander would you have him no that's nice and succinct uh, Ollie Steve Cottrell no why Why is that I think that's probably the most interesting one on the rest of this list so why Why wouldn't you go for, for Cottrell not, not even necessarily the City connection the City connection means that he's going to get less time than anybody else he's also been out of the game for a period of time now. Let's be honest, he he did okay wherever he's been prior to City. He had a massive budget when he took City out of League One. Humongous budget for that division. It was not it was not an achievement to go up. Well it was an achievement. It's always always obviously an achievement to win promotion. But it was nothing that shouldn't have happened. He then decided he he had this three five two and he wouldn't move away from it to the point that it actually got a bit nasty down south of the river and he, he left there despite what the City fans will tell you now they despised him towards the end and they yeah. were so glad he, they were so glad he, he went um, I remember seeing scenes of, of him having a pop at a City fan in the Atio stand really bad look 
although the bloke was probably an idiot if he was down Ashton Gate, but not a good look for a manager to be taken on the crowd, is it? Um, <laughs> but, but he's applied for the job on numerous occasions, apparently, but no. Just too much of a divisive figure for this point. We need to save pair of hands. That's a big question mark, isn't it? Is how, how quickly will the fans say to him? Because this, this football club's now, the fans have been divided for... Well, for as long as it took when we went down to the conference, you know, the fan the fan base was in an absolute mess when we went down. And, you know, there were factions all over the place. There were board members warring with each other when we went down, etc. And, you know, there are factions and, and elements of this fan base that's, that still still think Daryl Clark's, you know, did the second coming of Jesus Christ and can't believe he's been fired. And everyone's no, no one's going to be able to be good enough to, to replace Daryl Clark. There are, there are sections of this fan base, me included, who think Graham Cochran was the best thing that could have happened to us and are still a little bit bitter about him, him getting rid of. And there are some who, who, you know, invariably will attempt to rewrite history in six months' time and, and claim how good, a, how good the project looked under Garner and we got rid of him too soon. I mean, that is going to happen. So is, is, Cottrell, is Cottrell the man to, to divide those... Those those three stakes, I don't know, Monksy. No, not for me. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with what Ollie said. He's only ever really succeeded with clubs where he's had a big budget. At Birmingham, his last job, he had no money, couldn't go out and buy the players he wanted. For me, he's not a coach. He's an old school, old fashioned manager that you know in the Sam Allardyce mould, if you like. That will, you know motivate players yes can come up with tactics but is he going to improve these young kids probably not he could be a shout as a director of football if you did want to come in and bring in a Lee Mansell who you know and let the coaches do the coaches and he just sits there and does you know that side of things then potentially but no for me for me uh, I'm out I'm out Charlie yeah I have to agree with said I also just don't I just don't think he Unify the fans. I think people would get on his back after one loss. I just feel that we need someone that people are going to warm to quite quickly. He will always be what Daryl Clark was never, and Daryl Clark always said he was he was one six game run of form from losing his job, and he was never that. You know, it took him it took him eighteen months to lose his job, whereas Cottrell will be one six game run a form away from, from being fired. And I think that is, that, to, to come in with this, with this fucking team in this form, I think that is, that is some ask to turn that around, um, given the city connection. Um, and then I think the last one that we'll talk about is Keith Hill. I think I'll, I'll go first on Keith Hill. I think he, he, he did wonders. Was it a Rochdale? He was that, wasn't it? He did wonders there. Yeah. Brilliant manager there. And actually he started off with Bolton last year and obviously they've been taken over and he's been dismissed. Bolton beat us and Bolton with their you know their 12 year olds made us look fucking silly and I've always been impressed with the way that he's handled himself I've always been impressed with um, with the way that he's he's, he's he's gone about his business he's never he's never in the press for any any, any bad reason doesn't slag fans off doesn't slag referees off none of them doesn't seem to any excuses with him he just seems to just come in and you know he's, he's done the hard job at Rochdale, he's probably on the hardest job in the football league last season at, at Bolton did okay with, with Bolton you know, he was on a high end to nothing and again, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be adverse to it. I don't think it's the most exciting signing in the world, but maybe that's not what Rovers need right now. Maybe maybe Rovers need a little bit of a little bit of stability. Bring Mansell in as a number two, and then he, he fades out like John Ward did a few years ago. But hopefully, we stay in the football league as a result of it. Ollie, um, not a bad shout. I would suspect there'd be some sort of relocation package involved with that because he's. I'm assuming he's based up north. And there's, he's going to want some money and some assurances to to come down. He's not going to come on a six-month deal. He's going to want a couple of years. Not not for me. 
wouldn't be the most exciting. Would be a safe pair of hands. So I'm kind of arguing against what I've said previously, really. But um, didn't didn't even think about it. So once you caught me a bit on the hot, wouldn't be a bad uh, wouldn't be a bad appointment to be fair, I suppose. But no, not really. Yeah, he's not <laughs> he's not one to to you know, get the appetite and, and the pulse is racing, is he, Monksy? No, big no for me. Uh, as Ollie said, I think he probably only ever really managed teams up north. I think I'm right in thinking the only club he's ever had a success with is Rochdale. Um, again, one of these managers, it looks like he's a, a fit at one club. Um, he's been to Rochdale on more than one occasion. Each time been successful, but whenever he's left and gone somewhere else, he quite quickly gets sacked and ends up back at Rochdale. <laughs> Who was that um, the manager, Mad Dog, who was at Barnet like eight times in his career? Martin Allen. Martin Allen. He's, he's Rochdale's Martin <laughs> Allen, isn't he? <laughs> I, I dare say his application is already in the post to well because he's desperate to manage Rovers. He is absolutely desperate. Every time there's a vacancy, he's probably the first one on the phone to the owner going, give it to me, please, give it to me, please. Yeah. Charlie? Uh, I wouldn't be against it. I think he's a safe pair of hands that... I feel we're looking at a long-term project there. And like we said Saturday, we need a manager who's not on the decline. And I feel Paul uh, Keith Hill's only going one way. He's closer to retiring. He's not going to be a long-term project. He's 51. That's harsh. <laughs> he's not fi- He's not finished. He's only 28. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you who I would have, though. Roberto Di Matteo. Oh, I, I love there's him. one man. How random is that? A Champions League winning manager managing Ed Upson. <laughs> can, I, can I just say as well, guys? Can I just chuck a couple of na- other names into the hat? Yeah, go on. So let's look at the latest odds. And there's two guys that have appeared. Um, I mean, the latest odds, you've got Widderington is still the favourite, but that's only because he's in charge. And if he, if he does more than 10 games, bookies will pay out as him being a permanent manager. Uh, Flynn is a clear second favourite at the moment. Tisdale, a clear third favourite, with Paul Cook drifting out. But there's two that have come in now. If you're going to say the words Dino Mamria, you can hang up and never speak to me again. Say again? If you're going to say the words Dino Mamria, you can jump off this Zoom call and never speak to me again. I've never heard of those names. I don't know what it is. I mean, these are actually so this basic. You've got, as of, as of now, you've got Widdowson at 11 to 4 on, Flynn is 7 to 2, Tisdale 8 to 1, Paul Cook at 16 to 1. And then you've got, with the Graham Alexanders, Danny Cowleys of this world, at 20 to 1. Um, interesting that Lee Johnson is 20 to 1, the same odds. But also, and these are two new names that haven't been mentioned, um, oh. Daniel Stendhal and Craig Gardner. Yeah, Gardner's never going to happen. He's going to, he's going to West Brom today. So, is he? Um, I know he left Birmingham today, didn't he? So, yeah. I mean, that's... People are putting two and two together on that one. Um, but David Stendhal's certainly an interesting one. Isn't it Daniel Stendhal? Sorry, Daniel Stendhal. That's David's <laughs> brother. It's his brother. He <laughs> <laughs> did a decent we, job. We, we, can't, we, can't afford, we can't afford Daniel. We're going for David. He's young, his younger brother. He's a bit cheaper. <laughs> right, yeah, because I thought he did a cracker job at Barnsley. He did. He did do a good job. I would question these, these these betting markets, though. I reckon if you put more than about fifteen quid on, you could see someone slide up that betting odds very, very quickly. I think if we lump fifteen pound each on Lee Johnson, we could have him by, as favourite by this evening. Should we do that for the absolute <laughs> laugh? Should we just go, um, so the sack race? Hang on. Who's the one at like longest odds on the sack race? 
Robbie Fowler's probably still there, about 33, isn't he? Bobby Fowler was out there and Paul Ince were the two outsiders when I looked the other oh, uh, Paul Ince. You could, you could probably tell uh, Robbie Fowler that we didn't actually appoint a manager last time and we had him as our first choice when he wanted it last time. <laughs> Right. Did, am I right? Did Robbie Fowler go on soccer yet and openly say he wants yeah. to Mr. Rovers' job? Yeah, he did. He actually, yeah, he actually said he applied for it. Yeah, he said that he'd put an application in, yeah. Oh, well, I, found, I found that we're going we're gonna to lump our money on. Ian Dowie is at 25 <laughs> to 1. <laughs> he left. He's been out of the game for 10 years. <laughs> that, is, that is what, what um, people describe in the industry as printing money, I think. That is. He's at 25 to 1 with William Hill. He left on the 18th of May, 2010, Hull City. He's at, he's at the same odds as Robbie Fowler. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I think if we're going to do it... Oh, Russell Slade's popped up, as always. My mate texted me earlier on about Russell Slade. Outside bet, Keith Curl. Absolutely not. It's Gatter, yeah. isn't he? Next player. I mean, we'd have a good song, but I think that's as far as we go, Keith Curl. Keith Curl, we've got a good chance. You'd, you'd also suit this 3-5-2 that Garner's been trying to play. Been trying to play. I think we've got a we've got should we lump on forty five quid on Ian Dowie and just see his <laughs> see his odds just tumble. <laughs> I'd say that was an interesting name I heard men, um, that Sam Frost mentioned um, earlier on his Q and A. Um, I mean, I from, don't really see how we'd be able to get him, but if we could, I'd be well impressed with that. And that's Ryan Lowe, the Plymouth manager. Oh, yeah, but he's an idiot, isn't he? Yeah, he wouldn't take he's it. Ryan Lowe, that's a bit hard. They met the bloke. No, I think we should get him. I mean, all right, Matt, I, I've got a decent. I've heard a few uh, reports that there's been a, a late application in for the job. He goes by the name of Mike Bassett. I, I did ask the question earlier. Apparently, um, apparently it's, it's um, a vicious rumour that Mike Bassett was seen at the Memorial Stadium. It was actually Oliver Dane with a similar moustache. <laughs> uh, right, so. On that note, who is who is who is the pod's favourite? Then who do we think? If you had to say one name, who who do you think is the favourite for the job, rather than who you think who you want to get it? Ollie, Tisdale. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Tisdale, Monksy. I, I actually agree. I'm going Tisdale as well. I think that's who out of the people we've discussed and mentioned. It's not who I would necessarily go for, but that's who I think they that probably would get the job out of all of them. Charlie. Do-do. Do-do. Fuck's sake. I didn't want to have to edit this. <laughs> I might just leave this in. <laughs> the, the, the suspension is unbelievable. It's a facial expression. It is. <laughs> For the benefit of the tape, Charlie is paused and he's looking like a 1990s soap star lesbian. There he yeah. is. <laughs> Charlie, what are you saying about um, what are you said about who who is your, who is who do you think is the favourite to get the job rather than who you want? Who who do you reckon is probably the the most likely appointment? I think it would be Paul Tisdale. Right, that is a unanimous that is a unanimous decision for the first time ever on this pod, and we're almost certainly wrong. So I'm looking forward to the to the backlash on this. But um, yeah, looking forward the, to Ian Dowie being announced on Monday. <laughs> oh, he's going to tumble down the odds. You wait. <laughs> What what a waste of what a waste of forty five quid. <laughs> <laughs>
It would be worth it to see the appreciation page there, won't it? Oh, can you imagine? John... To be fair, we could just edit the page. We just do control element and just edit the page so it looks like it's got more of a chance of getting it. The Twitter because... meltdown would be something that would just be legendary. As Ian Dowie's odds just come tumbling and people start tweeting, Ian Dowie's going to get the Rovers, Joff. <laughs> that would be amazing. Ian Dowie's spotted outside the Bristol Friar. <laughs> Ian, Ian Dowie's skill set currently, but having been out of the game for 10 years, he'd be more applicable to take over the Vic than the Ravens first team. <laughs> and the Vic's shot. <laughs> <laughs> right, hang on. Right. I'm going to have to cut this. Oh, I don't really want to cut this. I'm just, for the benefit of the tape, I'm just heavily editing the Ian Dowie. So when the Ian Dowie rumours do surface their ugly head and they're very very ugly head but it's Ian Dowie they <laughs> they you know full well it's it's absolutely from the totem bar pod there we go so um yeah on that note should we leave it there fellas yeah definitely yeah. all right cool all right well I will uh I will catch you all later I just need to figure out how to stop recording Oh, you press the stop button. All right, cheers for joining us, everyone. Uh, proper episode with James Bracey. Oh, we're going to do the advert. I'm trying to do the outro, you absolute donkey. I'm just going to press stop record. Right. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everyone. We've got James Bracey on the pod, um, hopefully going live on Sunday. If it's not live on Sunday, it's because I couldn't be bothered. All right. Cheers, guys. This is where you all say bye. And thanks for listening. Oh, I thought you were just talking. I thought you were talking to yeah. us. <laughs> Cheers, Luke. Thank you for your time. Yeah, cheers, cheers guys. Fuck. Professional cheers, operation. You need, you need, you need a new director here, so...